Hey, what's up, guys? It's Rico here, CEO of Source Financia, Coast to Main Podcast, and the host of the Source Financia YouTube channel, of course, back with another one. I don't want to be a product of my environment. I want my environment to be a product of me. Did you hear any horror stories about people buying stuff that just wasn't what they expected or being switched out on in terms of masks and or whatever? Um, I had a hometown friend that didn't ask me, didn't know, or his, no, I think his uncle, they're actually a pretty big business in, in, in Connecticut, my hometown mm. or home state. And they got onto this even sooner than I did. I mean, I think cause maybe it was in, January and they bought like a container of masks like randomly off of Alibaba just straight up and it worked like the first one was good so they ordered more and the second one was I don't know I think I think they got basically scammed like I forgot mm-hmm. what it was but it he sent me a picture I, I I don't want to say it wrong but they basically got scammed on the second container from the yeah. same supplier like from I guess different they didn't, didn't expect or just quality? I think it was more of masks and maybe, I think they started to add gloves maybe. And I think the second, the new product was just total crap, basically. Yeah. Said it was just yeah. not, they couldn't sell it. Yeah, and uh, it was like, it was like container, or at least one, you know, so I think it's like 20, 30, 40 grand or something like that. I think I can't, you know, I don't know the dollar value, but he, I'm like, I don't know what I can do for you. He, he, you know, like he forwarded me the email. It was like some, yeah, South China supplier, you know, what can I do, man? <laughs> we got lucky because one of the things that we started doing was like we would split shipments. And and actually that strategy was good in terms of QC, but it wasn't good in terms of shipping. I, I kind of wish that we had shipped larger quantities, but we were worried about, you know, those all the discussion about goods being seized in the U.S., yeah, I remember that. I don't know who you we were shipping with, but with us, it was like we literally just spit them up from the factory and then the factory would send them. So, and there were multiple shipments and it was good and bad because like, again, nothing got seized, but like, you know, we had situations where like half of our shipment left and then the other stuff was still in, in, in the warehouse. But it was one situation where we, we split up the shipments and then we sent some to our, our freight forwarders warehouse. And I don't know why, but we, we inspected it a second time for some reason. Maybe it was like we inspected some of the stuff at the factory and then we had the factory send some stuff to the warehouse just because we wanted to speed up the process and inspected the warehouse. This was something mm-hmm. like 30,000 to 40,000 in 95s. And when they opened the box, man, like there was like cigarette butts and <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. like there was like cigarette butts in there. Like clearly whoever was packing the masks was smoking. Like some of the masks were burnt because of like ash. It was just one of those things where you go like, like, how is this even possible? Like, who does this? Like, how, why would this person even close this box? Like, you know, it was tough, man. But we were lucky because we caught it and then we sent it back. And then they sent us a a replacement, which we inspected as well. But that could have been really bad because um, I think that that box is supposed to go to charity. So that would have been one of those things like. (laughs) <laughs> we Damn. might have been on the we might have been on the news in the, in the US. Good thing but, you caught it. 
Yeah. So, so moving beyond that, like, uh, what have you been up to since? I mean, obviously, um, you just did the cross-border matchmaker, which I I, I attended, which was cool. That yeah, was interesting. Yeah. How did you how did you come up with the the sort of concept to work through Air Air, Air Meet? Was it or Airtable? Yeah, we used Air Meet. I mean, we've been Air studying Meet. different online event software, um, trying to find out the right thing for you know. We have also a private membership in the community, and we also do webinars and things. So Air Meet was one we we like and. We had never done that large of an online event, but people kept asking to do, because we did like, you know, you've been to our in-person cross-border summits. We even did cross-border matchmaker in person a couple of years in a row. And mm-hmm. the difference of the matchmaker versus a summit was it's more about connecting and like round tables. And we even did some speed dating in person where there would be, you know, rotations every you know minute or so. So we wanted to try to replicate that online as best we could. And yeah, I mean, it was, it's actually more, I don't want to say more work. It's different kind of work, but it's, you know, online is hard, I think, because it's just not as real. Like in, in real life, of course, you got to plan, but then when you get people there, at least you can see everybody. Everybody sees you. Yeah, you can you, say you can direct them and, you know. Yeah. But here, the- like we, they don't know like technology, internet, but I think people seem to really like it. I hope, I hope you know, and. So we have these panels where we had like people like you sharing and it was meant to be like nuggets and Q&A. And then we had these round tables after where people could actually talk to people like you and ask some questions and then move around. And, and we bounced that back and forth and people, people really liked it. And we had a few sponsors that, that supported it, which was great. And then, uh, you know, one, one, we're going to try to do it again, maybe later this year, looking at September. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a dedicated site at crossbordermatchmaker.com and, uh, you know, it will probably be obviously online events. So I didn't, and I didn't want to make the cross-border summit online. You know, I'd rather just wait. I, I, I don't know. I've had some of our community begging me not to do it online because they just feel like it would change the brand. We want the brand to be, because people have limited, everybody's so busy. Yeah, right? but then it's like, how long do you wait? Do you wait three years to do another one? You know what I mean? It's like a, you, you, you kind of have to keep it going because the brand could die if you don't wait, if you don't do something, right? I guess uh, it could die, but I mean, we we would just use our current other community channels like Global yep. Asia and our, our online brands to push the offline and then kind of do a relaunch. But yeah, of course it might. But we feel like if we say cross-border summit online, then next time somebody says cross-border summit in person, because you kind of got to differentiate the brand of the event. Because yeah. Yeah. then people only have that one second. They see the logo, right? So you don't want, I didn't want to confuse people to see the logo and think, is that the online one or the offline one? So we just want to keep that one branded to be yearly or when worlds open. So that's why we use a matchmaker brand. So we can be a little bit more flexible and have like, have the online and maybe in person again for like matchmaker. But it's meant to be a like, Experts sharing, you know, try actually going to try to add booths next time and uh, and uh, round tables. How would the booths work? That has it in air meet. We have a, we have a pretty premium account and then uh, there was tabs. So booths could be even going during the sessions. And uh, the way it would work is, you know, services like they don't even have to be there, but of course it's better if there's somebody, but if they're even not even there, it's like a virtual booth. They could have like a recording. They could give some bonuses. They could capture the person's information for more information. Of course it could be online, just like a table. Somebody's from the company's there and then somebody 
register comes in and they can talk multiple people. It's like basically like a table, but it's dedicated for a brand, a, a company or service. For a company, yeah, cool. Yeah, I, d- I did the I did the roundtable afterwards. Uh, it was interesting. It was interesting just to the demographic of people that were there. I was, I was talking to a lot of older sourcing guys or nice. uh, guys who do e-commerce who are like in their fifties. So they got, and I was like, Oh, this is interesting. And you know, he's like, yeah, <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't expecting that, but I, I just liked the whole concept. It felt like it almost felt like a virtual casino in some aspect <laughs> <laughs> from room to room. Uh, yeah. But no, I just thought I was like, I was thinking about it and I was like, you know, I have a PlayStation VR. Oh, nice. And I was like, I could see this being a VR situation in the next, you know, five to 10 yeah, years it's... where you just put on your headset and you're walking around this virtual Seems conference like and it. going from room to room and everybody's got an avatar and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that seems like the future, and because COVID is accelerating those, I'm sure, I'm sure they even exist if we dug enough. But I still think it's a little bit early for the VR events. Well, VR is just because not everybody has the set, and it's not, you know, it's not as, it's not as ubiquitous. But I think when when it gets to a stage where like it's super affordable, and you know, basically every household or most households have, or businesses feel like it's something that they should have, then yeah, you know, yeah. who knows. But yeah, it was interesting to see that. I, I would, yeah, I'd be interested to to do that again, and maybe, uh, yeah. maybe even on a smaller scale, you know. Yeah, I definitely would love to have you back or open any feedback or or, or collaboration ideas. So besides the sort of cross border matchmaker and and yeah, I mean, yeah. so I'm uh, I'm doing. I'm launching a brand on another brand on Amazon with the Thai factory, but uh, mm-hmm. we got the product. It's my old bar products brand, uh, well, not brand, but factory. And he wants to go direct on Amazon and we, uh, but the container shipping is just really out of control right now. Um, expensive, but uh, that's, that's in the works, hopefully launching sometime this year. Uh, we already got the stuff made. And then I'm doing a product for a router. It's a uh, Wi-Fi hotspot router that's uh, got a lifetime VPN in built in and it's on a uh, blockchain. It actually earns token for letting others use your location. So you get lifetime VPN on others and then you also get paid when others use yours. Nice. So that's a yeah, indigenous brand. It's a new one. How did you get into that? I'm going deep into the crypto world. You know, I mean, I was even involved in Bitcoin. I think even had Gold Major podcast in 20. 13, 2014 about Bitcoin, but now the whole thing of blockchain is going online, you know, decentralized internet. And I I love online marketing. So I've been diving deep into decentralized domains, decentralized service servers, decentralized uh, computing power. And then uh, I've been networking, you know, me, I love to network. I even have some uh, content blogs, videos about this content. And uh, so I've, I'm basically making deals networking and uh yeah if somebody wanted to learn more about that what would you recommend them checking out i mean the product is it's i hope it's not i thought of the name indigitus is dot com uh, for the product in i n d i dig it us i can send it to you um but as far as the others i do actually have a youtube channel called sky include keeping you included in the sky uh sky being the web three I have about oh, 50 or 80 videos all about the decentralized internet. 
So skyinclude.com or my YouTube skyinclude. Probably be some good ones. I'm trying to make it simple those ways. Do you, I guess, do you keep in touch with any of the EC guys and Alpha Rock guys? Like, I recently talked to like, I mean, more Alpha Rock guys. I've chatted to a few of them recently. I even, you know, uh, they even helped me with some of my stuff. I mentioned on, uh, well, this is our second interview, but with my show, we were talking about my stuff. <laughs> they helped me move some stuff around. <laughs> and then, yeah, I talked to Nick. I think his birthday just passed a month or so ago. Uh, I chat to him a little bit off on and off. I mean, there, I think we haven't sat on the interview, but it's, it's hard to keep in touch with anybody, you know, because usually I would keep in touch with saying, hey, I'm, I'm like, I don't know about you, but I think you do that to me. Be like, Mike, I'm coming to Shenzhen, you know, and then we would meet in person when we're traveling, right? Like, like the EC guys would come to Chiang Mai, I would meet Travis and Nick and them, and then we would all be bouncing around and, you know, just say, Hey, you around. And that's how, you know, a lot of us would keep in touch with each other. We're traveling and networking and meeting. So it's, but yeah, I mean, I've reached out to them and keep in touch a bit. Yeah. I mean, it's tough in that aspect because it's like, you know, when you're physically going places and, you know, people are there, you could, you can even meet like three, four people at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Whereas now it'll be like, having to set up individual Zoom calls or WhatsApp calls with every single person. Right now, everybody's in different countries, different time zones. It's like, it's a little bit tough to to manage. And I think just in general, COVID has made, because we're just staying at home a lot and just like kind of being isolated, it's made people a little bit less social. Right? Yeah, But exactly. yeah, I guess just closing, closing questions. Do you see yourself in China for the next couple of years if the borders open up or would you be like, and when I say see yourself in China, obviously you'll still be involved in China, but do you see yourself living in China if the borders were to open up in like by the end of the year? Trying to probably stay here till the end of the year and trying to, trying to get back to Thailand, just feel like kind of our life was there. We, we did start to move around a bit, but it was meant to just be like a, a half a year, like, when do you want to spend some time here? I'd be like in the Philippines and China and bouncing around. So the original idea was to do that, you know. So if the borders open up, you think you'd be going back to Thailand? Yeah. Cool. And and what about the business as a whole besides the, the products that you're working on? I'm also like I, I'm brokering some deals, but, you know, could help help with some aggregators uh, consolidate some some sellers. But I'm more interested in, I love the startup phase. Like, you know, I showed this router. I mean, I'm, I love building new companies. So ideally I'm working on, <laughs> it's nuts, but like a, a incubator community. Like I want to have people living around me that are building stuff. And then we're all like invested in it together. Like lots of new products, new services, building stuff. I mean, I'm a builder. I just want to be around people building stuff. So I think, I think post COVID people are going to, maybe want to live in like, I mean, I guess like BGC is a community, right? Like you pick BGC cause there's a lot of cool things and people around it. So I think people are going to want to live in these groups. Of course there's going to be cities, but I feel like maybe there's going to be these uh, opportunity for, for sub villages, you know, like groups. It's like more like maybe we just live in a less populated area with good people around you, you know, like that would yeah. be my dream. I mean, I've always loved co-working and, startups and you know community so the long-term vision is to have like a community of people entrepreneurs living around you building stuff 
All right, man. I guess we'll sign off there, man. Thanks, Mike. Yeah. For being back in the show. Thanks for having me, man. Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for listening to this episode of the Main Cheddar Podcast. If you want to reach out to us, that's podcast at sourcefinancial.com. If you want to check out the show notes from the episode that you just watched, that's sourcefinancial.com slash made in China. And be sure to also check out our YouTube channel, sourcefinancial, all one word. Cheers. Life is but a dream to me. I don't wanna wake up 30 yard years without having my cake up. So I'm by my paper 24 7, 365, 366 in a leap year. I don't know why we here since we gotta be here. Life is but a beach. Went from having shabby clothes to crossing over Abbey Road. Hear my angel singing to me.